In the following live session recording, Ovidia Cabrera, state missionary with Intercultural Church Planting and Mission Ministry with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, talks about how to engage Hispanics through understanding their culture. Understanding a culture is the best way to understand a people. And this session will help you interact with, engage, and witness to the Hispanic people in your area by understanding their culture. Let's join Ovidio now. Before we start, I would like to introduce myself. Uh, Lazy Novi, but Deli Novi. And now I do Ovidio. <laughs> now I do uh, Ovidio, Ovidio Cabrera. I am from, yeah. from Paraguay, uh, South America. Uh, I'm working with the Georgia Baptist uh, Mission Board uh, in the Central and South Georgia. Okay. Yeah, I'm working with the Hispanic churches. Thank you. In, in South Georgia. We got at uh, least 22 churches, Hispanic and churches in South Georgia, middle of South Georgia. Um, I traveling a lot, visiting, working with the pastor, with the brothers. We got at least um, three churches that don't have pastor mm. in South Georgia. But uh, that's the job. That's uh, that put me to work with the Hispanic churches, uh, Hispanic pastor. Okay, we would like to pray before uh, we started. Hermano uh, Dennis, please, por favor. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to come together. And Father, we are so thankful for the blessing to be here. And uh, Father, we ask that, that your spirit will just minister to us and you speak to us. And Father, as we as we hear, Father, uh, from Brother Ovidio, that you use him in a special way. Father, we pray for, for the principles, the millions of lost people, Father, who speak Spanish, who live in this state. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that we will see revival break loose. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that the question that Isaiah said, who will we send? Father, that you will send laborers to the harvest. We pray, O oh Lord, that we will be able to not only to understand more about the culture, but Father, at the same time that we can rejoice in saying we have servants, that we can send them out to proclaim the gospel in the heart language of the people. We thank you, we love you, and ask that you use our brother in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, you can see on the, the slides how much will be the population, the Hispanic population in the United States. Almost uh, 60 million Hispanic people in, in the United States. Um, we see that on the next, uh, you can see the distributions on the south, we got the most population, the Hispanic population, 33% is in the south, and Georgia is in the south. 
that way uh, we can see the in the south uh, of the country we are a lot of a lot of Hispanic mm -hmm. and I think in, uh, we need to do something we need to make him hear the, the word of God say us to go to the whole nation and preach the gospel and we saw now that the people came to the United States we have to go another country well, the people came, the, the Hispanic people came to the United States. And that's that's the opportunity God put us to, to raise the Hispanic people. Um, on the other slide, uh, we can see that <clears throat> the population, the Hispanic population in Georgia, uh, almost one million in Georgia. Um, that one is the nine percent of the whole population on the state, on the on the country. And that that tells us that we need to uh, this growing uh, population is we need to it's not only the culture it's, it's, it's the people they need to know Jesus they need to know the gospel yeah. but uh, how how we can reach those people we have to know we need to know those people and um, that one is the, the what we are talking today, um, you can discuss. If you got a question, you can ask. Well, then you can help. Blaze, you can help. Everybody can uh, participate, and that way we can make clear that I know we don't have a lot of time to talk everything because <laughs> there's a lot of things to talking about. <laughs> but uh, uh, we need uh, we need to know something. And that one is the point tonight, to know a little bit more about the Hispanic people, okay? Um, <clears throat> in in United States, we got a lot of uh, Hispanic came from different countries, from South America, Central America, and North America, people were, uh, born here in the United States that are still Hispanic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we see uh, we are different. We talked before uh, with the brother. Uh, when I came the first time in the United States, uh, the congregation that I have before is 100% uh, Mexican people. And I came from South America, from Paraguay, and I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> and the brothers uh, told me, I said, I need to ask again, what did you say? No entiendo. <laughs> and that one is, uh, is, is some difference uh, between Hispanic here in the United States. And if, if I stay, I remember one time when I was pastoring in, in Valdosten, I told Lacey, my wife, uh, you know what? I got put on my resignation 
and go to ministry for a white people. I can understand this, bro. <laughs> it's for me more easy to, to, to reach, to talk to the Paraguayan people because I can understand exactly what is the meaning when they, they talk. Yeah? That's, that's the, the difference. Well, in, in the United States, we got people from uh, South America, South America, Central America, North America, and there is, there is a lot of difference, right? Uh, <clears throat> to reach them with the gospel, that is important uh, to know the difference between them, right? Uh, for example, let's talk about the communication, language communication. Uh, I don't know, brother Mark, Mark. do you know some word in Spanish? The three, that's all. Muy poquito. Muy poquito. Okay. For example, That's in, two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I am from Paraguay, and the brother here from Mexico, they say, aguas, aguas, aguas. Say, what is, what is aguas? Do you water. know what is aguas? Water. It's water. Huh? But the Mexican people say, water, uh, uh, aguas, aguas. Uh, they tell you, be careful, be careful. Careful. <laughs> yeah. Um, be careful. What? <laughs> that's not maybe it's highly spreading. Yeah. Right. That's, that's difficult. Um, the other word very common is like the chavo. La palabra, the, the word chavo. Uh, for Mexican people, the chavo is, uh, is a boy. It's a little boy or the jungles. But the chavo for Puerto Ricans is it's money. Wow, <laughs> that's money. Yeah. Yes. Is he talking with the Puerto Rican people? They say, "Hi, how many chavo? Matos chavos." You know, it's interesting because I used to, when I would pray with these Hispanic pastors in Northeast Atlanta, and we'd go to lunch, and we'd go to a Mexican restaurant always, and I would. Ask for una coca. And one of them pulled me aside one day and said, You don't ask for coca. It's a coca cola. <laughs> but coca in Bolivia. Wow. It, was, it was a Colombian, it was a Colombian pastor that pulled me aside. Yeah. Said, you don't say coca, you say Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I want to add something to that because when you when you think about it, what is really happening is cross-cultural ministry. Mm -hmm. Even within within the Hispanic community, and it's, and it's very very difficult because you you taking somebody from that is comfortable in their own particular setting, and then you're not only putting him in with Mexican, but you're also putting him with Central American, with other Colombian. Then you add the Caribbean, which is, you know, and 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 here is it's it, I mean it, it's a miracle really, it's a miracle. Uh, I don't know in, in I know you the minister that South, I don't know how, how many countries you have there. Well, when, one time in Valdosta, we got maybe 12 uh, people from different countries. Different countries, yeah. That's well, it's a lot. That's a lot of cross-cultural things happening, you know. Right now in Savannah, we got, we got uh, well, they want it 
but we still have uh, uh, a a different a different country in South Africa. Um, Sometimes uh, the the brother came and told me like a pastor, I should say no word. Mm-hmm. I said, well, yeah. yeah. But I would like to aware about do you remember when one time Paul, let me see there, I got the the Bible in Acts twenty one. Lazy, you can help me with the uh, yeah. Acts twenty 2140 yeah. What happened in that situation? Let's you talk to them in their tongue and their yeah, language. They, they, they start talking. Paul started talking in Hebrew. Why? Because they don't understand. They can understand. Yeah. And I'm thinking uh, this this very for for other people who want to minister to Spanish. You can say, for example, you know a little bit Spanish. That's good. If you can cross your Hispanic, and Hispanic people like that. Oh, Ecuador is in Espanol. You can speak Spanish. I say, no, 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 más despacio. <laughs> Slow down. Slow down, yeah. We can get a jalapeno and buy it. Gotta help you. Yeah. Well, one. Uh, we also were about working with the Hispanic people is the, the communication, the language communication. Okay? You have to worry. Uh, I think it's like a brother, um, David. 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 Brother David, I know. He already showed me uh, his cell got a uh, Hispanic uh, translation, Hispanic Bible. That one is good. Yeah. Uh, it was free. It was a free text. Uh, uh, it's a uh, Bilingual Bible. Bilingual Bible, yeah. And so I'd like to go to Genesis and it gets one, and it's like well, every other one is English, every other one is. So it's, it helps you when the pastor is preaching Spanish, you're you're looking at the word, and you, you're learning the English and Spanish at the same That's time. Good. Yeah. And it was uh, free download. Yeah. And the other thing, Brother Dennis, if you have the app, they can yeah, share with them. Yeah, we have the Bible.es, the Bible.es app, and you know, and, uh, one of the things about this, the language thing, is that you have, you have over a hundred different dialects, indigenous or indigenous languages, that are in the north, between the northern part of Guatemala and the southern part of Mexico, over a hundred. Okay, and then if you go to if you go to Guatemala, the government recognizes twenty three languages. We, in other words, Guatemala says we speak twenty three languages in this country, yeah. even though Spanish is the most is the common, but 
officially, so they're recognizing all these landmarks. And, and so now you have all those folks who migrate to the United States, to Georgia. Uh, we did a study uh, with North American Mission Board a while back, and we did Henry County and Clayton County, and we identified at least eight different people groups, dialects, that were coming from Spanish-speaking countries. Yeah. Some were coming from Chiapas, some were coming from Oaxaca, most of them from the southern part of, uh, of Jamaica. As a matter of fact, the language that was spoken, which was kind of the official language of Mexico, when the Spaniards arrived, was Nahuatl. And Nahuatl it is still spoken today. A, a different variation. But there's still people who speak Nahuatl. And so so you have I was I would say that from from that that particular group, that that thought there, there's probably probably have between maybe fifteen to twenty different indigenous languages that are spoken in Georgia. Interesting. Or people who are coming from those backgrounds who are here. Yes. Okay. That one is a good uh, We can mention the brother from Cairo, Georgia. Yes. Brother Arnaldo, he is uh, he's preaching in Spanish, right? Yes, yes, yes. But one brother translate, translate yeah. Brother Juan. Brother Juan to what languages? Sotzil. Sotzil. Yeah. And they have a Sotzil class mm. already. The last time I was there, so it's been a few years now, but I went to the to the class and in the class you feel like you're in a Pentecostal church. <laughs> <laughs> in that class. <laughs> and so I didn't want to get in, you know, I said, what in the world is going on here? And so, and he would, they were doing. They convert you. And so they had, uh, they were doing the uh, the purpose driven life, by, you know, by Rick Warren, right? And and uh, Hermano Juan was was just reading straight out. I mean, in Spanish, but teaching the class in in Sotzil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that is in. That's what we that's what we call contextualization. You know, sure. you may I mean he could easily the pastor could have said, you know, we're just gonna preach it in Spanish, you you know, your ear is tuned to it. But to be more effective and to be effective mm-hmm. and, and one one thing that, that I learned over the years, if you are going to experience spiritual growth, it has to be in the heart. Yeah, you know, when I go to Kenya, um, there's always someone there that'll translate into Swahili, but then there's always someone translating that into the language of the village. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I haven't thought about that with Hispanic. Yes. Okay, I know. We had to... Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, my... uh, now, uh, talking about the religions. When we're talking about the religions, I say that they are... Uh, 80% they are, are Catholic Roman. But from the 80%, only uh, 10% go to the church. Mm-hmm. I remember when my father, my, when my father uh, was a Catholic, and he said, I'm a Catholic. I never go to the church. <laughs> 
Everybody. Be a good Baptist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in the same way, in, in the United States, uh, if you find people, uh, they always say, I'm a Catholic. But I think it's very important to make a little bit of difference. Uh, the doctrine is in the United States, the Catholic Church in the United States, and the Catholic in, in South America or Central America, the practice is different. Because here in the United States, I saw that uh, Catholic children, they got some school class. But the Catholic in, in my country, Paraguay, they don't have Sunday school. But here, and that one sometimes may confuse. Uh, oh, they got Sunday school, and then they go to the, the, the mass, uh, Misa, what is it? Yes. Mass, um, many, is, they don't know the, what they really believe. What is the what is the doctrine from the Catholic Church? But that one is a little difference. Uh, but we need to know that all Hispanic people, for example, when I was a baby, I was baptized Catholic because my mom, my father was Catholic. And now, uh, when we preach the gospel, um, uh, the new believer, the next step is to baptize. And we're talking about about this, the baptize, and they say, no, I still baptize out. I don't really baptize when he was a baby. There's a difference. Um, we saw too that they're from different countries. Uh, we saw Mexican people is more strong Catholic. Most of the old Hispanic countries, the Catholic, uh, the Mexican people is more stronger uh, Catholic. And they got a, uh, sometimes we go to visit the people and in the, in the living room, uh, they got the, uh, the altar, yes. And one time I remember for a second, <laughs> we, we passed and sit on the living and the, at the altar there, I put my chair behind the chair. <laughs> I started talking to them. <laughs> I bring my spouse to, to the altar, there, to, to the Virgin uh, Maria, Mary. And that one is uh, when you're aware about that. Um, I think it's very important is when we go to to share the gospel, we never talk about uh, Mary, about the poor, uh, any religion, Catholic doctrine. That's, that's not good. If you started talking about the, the church, the Catholic church, Lose, uh, that person. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't want to use, uh, listen to you after that. I don't know, you, you want to have uh, Yeah, one of the things that we're, we're working on right now, uh, we're finalizing a resource that is exclusively uh, uh, prepared and put together to be able to disciple a new Catholic community. Okay. And so, where baptism is, we put it, it's in the resource, but we put a note for the one who is discipling, and we say, when you feel that the new believer understands the new identity in Christ, 
then share the section of baptism. As opposed to doing it too soon. Yes, yes. That makes sense? Yes. And so, and at the end, I'll show, I'll show you what we have. Because right now we have it in English, and now we are working on with a video and another pastor in, in Spanish, and then we're also going to have it in Vietnamese. So we can bring it up? Yes, yes. So it, it's it. in the final stage, yes. And so, uh, and we are working on that with the ethnic. One of the things about Mexicans, maybe because that's what we have the majority of people here is Mexicans, is to understand that that it's the culture, the family, the religion in Mexico is one. It's not you don't you don't separate. In Mexico, they say ser mexicano es ser guadalupano. To be Mexican is to be Guadalupano. Loyalty to the Virgin. So it's not separated. It's all together. The most common name in Mexico. I don't know if they know. Jesus, the Guadalupe. Guadalupe is the Virgin. With the fishermen's. The representative of Mary in Mexico is Guadalupe. And it's, it's kind of like, like the Mecca of Catholicism in Mexico is the goal of a, of, a, of, a, of a faithful Catholic Mexican is to get to Mexico City, to get on their knees, and to get to that altar, even in their, in their lifetime. So you have thousands of people all the time, all the time, doing that, that thing, thing that yes. do, do they Do they have the same um, emphasis in the United States? No, no. You, you you see that more probably out in the West, you know, like like Texas and right. even Colorado and, and Los Angeles. But when you when you come in, in Louisiana because of the French influence, but in the in the East, the Catholic Church has become very evangelical in the way that they that they look. You go to a building, they have a praise team, they have a I mean, everything, just about everything that we have, because they're losing people, and they say we cannot, we cannot have that pattern. So let's let's look like them. And that means us, the Protestants, what they call us. And so that's part of their strategy. What Walter was saying, you cannot tell the difference. You know, when I was in Vidalia, you went to the Catholic Church and you went to First Baptist. You said, what's the difference between the, the worship centers? Right. Same. So, uh, but not the, but, and even the doctrine, even the way they, they, they present and they preach. And then at the end of it, the thing, if you're a Catholic or a former Catholic, they tie it in at the end. <laughs> and, you know, but you got to believe in Mary and you have to trust Guadalupe. Thank mm -hmm. God, thank for believing it. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Well, I don't know. We've got a lot to, I know, to yeah. talk about every single But yeah. now, uh, we need to go. It's okay. This is good. Just oh, good. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Just keep going. Okay. Diverging a little Let's bit. Let's talk about the family. Uh, la familia. But, uh, uh, this is very interesting in the, uh, the family. It's like the parents, the children, the grandpa. The uncle, everybody. That's the girl. It's, it's a little bit different. Uh, 
the grandfather, or grandma uh, live with the family, all the world, all the time. Um, it's very poor for the Hispanic people that the uh, center of their life is the made decision uh, with the family. Yeah. That's, that's, we can see that uh, many times uh, they put uh, the first, uh, the family, on their own decision, on their own life. Right? Uh, another thing with the family is very, I saw, is very, um, what is the word, important, is the celebrations. Uh, the birthday uh, celebration, and they made a big service. And that's the center of the family, the, the party, um, celebration, the, what is the word for quinceañera? It's like the sweet 16. Sweet 16, the quinceañera. There's a big, they spend, we went to one of our doctors and they spent $1,000 on the Wow. Mm -hmm. It's not that money. I don't have that money. I have that, but they spend. Yeah. Like wedding, all over. Yeah. Oh, yes. She's becoming, she's becoming a, a woman and we want to celebrate. And in, in, the, in the culture, quinceañera is more important than the, than the wedding. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They spend more more money. The people get into debt for having a quinceanera. Mm. Just just to give you a little backdrop of my background in, in Honduras, in Central America. At, at age ten I never saw a wedding. I, I never we never saw a wedding. You know, and because there were no weddings. We just got together and they, they live and they build a house and that kind of thing. And so even, you know, one of the words that really speaks to me is about the, Paul talks about the renewing of your mind because it's almost like uh, you're, what is the word? You're changing someone's things altogether. I mean, even about marriage. Mm -hmm. I, when I grew up, I, I never thought I was going to get married. I didn't even know what what that was, maybe not wedding, you know, that, you don't, over there when you're growing up, you're thinking about a quinceañera, you're not thinking about you're going to get married. As a matter of fact, we had a lady from Mexico, when I lived in Tifton, that uh, she lived kind of south near Moultrie, and she told her 14-year-old, I am not going to make two major investments. Do you want a wedding? Or do you want a quinceanera? She decided to get married at 14. So when she came to me, when she was 15, she decided to get married. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Another point about the family is the hospitality. Uh, anytime uh, the person is welcome, if somebody uh, got home uh, around lunchtime, they don't have problem to to put more water to the soap and, and share with the, with the visitor. Um, 
everybody is welcome. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> another thing about the family is they have a leader. Yeah. And sometimes is most of the time is the, the the man is the leader. But sometimes it's not a man. It's the grandpa or the grandma live with the family. Sometimes the leader is the, the grandpa. Oh, for example, as uh, we sit uh, with the sometimes is the the wife is the leader too. Yeah, that's 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 very interesting right? because uh, most of the time is uh, we saw that they listen what the leader says. If we go to preach and if we uh, try to. Priest, the, the leader, you the leader, know Jesus, the whole family would be a Christian. And not only that, the, the family, the others' family, but uh, relative chief would be, uh, it's easy for, uh, it's you got the leader, uh, know Jesus, and you got the whole family for Christ. That one is important, but sometimes it's very hard. <laughs> It's not easy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> about uh, another thing uh, we need to mention is about uh, uh, education. Um, Let me understand the definition. Yeah. First generation means they were born in the USA or they came to the USA? They came to the United States. Okay, so second generation would be the first ones born in the USA. Sorry. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, sometimes uh, we can say maybe second generation when they can like a baby or they want a child, they won't be the second generation. They were born in their country uh, when they came here when they want a child. It's like a second generation. Okay. But. Uh, about the first generation, uh, well, well, in my area, the South Georgia, Central Georgia, uh, we saw more people is not educated. Yeah. The people, the first generation, we can say, I can say we can devise and, and trade our kind, the first generation. The first generation is not educated. Uh, the first generation is educated. They try to learn English and improve yourself. And the first generation, they came to the United States, they already are professional people. Uh, well, the first, uh, educated, most of the time they working on the, on the farm, on the restaurant, on the uh, factories, they get an education, and they're hiring. They can speak English. And the other is the, the first generation, and they can improve yourself, they can learn. Their, for example, uh, people uh, came from their country, they got high school, they got some kind of college study. 
they, the first generation, and they came here and they can learn Spanish, uh, English, and then they can improve themselves. And they got very job. And they all they came straight like a doctor, engineer, architect. And they many of those they already speak English and they can engineer there. Um, <coughs> but the first generation, the people, the Hispanic people, uh, they speak uh, English, they are professional. I saw uh, many times they don't they don't want to be together with the Hispanic, they don't have education. They live in, in, in another place, a neighborhood, where it's not a Hispanic people. They live in, it's a, almost like it's a <laughs> like Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's the difference. Uh, and that one we saw the difference in the job. For example, uh, I mentioned before the brother uh, the churches in, in the large city like Atlanta or, or Miami. They, we can find Hispanic churches very huge, large, uh, because they got a people educated. And a small town, uh, well, but those days change now. Uh, they are five people medicated, and the cheer is hard. It's not rolling that we want to be. <laughs> That's the situation with the with the cheer. I, uh, uh, let me interject too. I don't know. One thing I've seen is like people that especially American people, when they come and they come into a church maybe in South Georgia and they're expected to see the same thing that they see in Atlanta or in another big city somewhere where they're coming from, it's just not the same because the leaders that you can grow, um, a lot of the times they're not educated. Now they're some of the most passionate people about the Lord that you'll find, but as far as their you know, school education, they might not have it. So it's it's very difficult sometimes to expect from that church the same thing that you're going to find from the churches in, in the major cities. So. Well, now, talking with the second generation is a little different. They speak English, they go to the school, they go to high school, they go, many of go to the college. Um, they are already connected with the with the uh, Anglo, with the American culture, and they can speak uh, fluently English, and they can uh, take a other kind of job. Mm -hmm. Another point is about uh, about use of time. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> One of the things I like to do when I talk about all my prayer meeting is that all my prayer meetings are very cultural. Uh, so I have an Indian group that has an all my prayer meeting once a month. And to them, all my prayer meeting means they go from 8 o'clock at night to midnight. That's all night to them. I have a Hispanic group that when they do all my prayer time, it's from 10 o'clock until 2 or 3. And that's all night to them. 
I've got some other groups when they do all night, they all night until seven o'clock in the morning. So we're using the same phrase, but it means something completely different. Uh, Mr. Hispani, uh, well, I think brother <laughs> Marto, American time or? <laughs> or Honduran time. Or Honduran <laughs> I'm going to do that. Because I text him. I text him. I say, are we on for our prayer call? I text him. I'm going to say, are we on for our prayer call? And is it on American time or Honduran time? <laughs> I'm going to do that to you. It's the same thing in Kenya. Are you in Kenyan time or American time? There was an associational missionary that came back after quite a number of years in Ecuador. Uh, and he was on Ecuador time. He never got back to America. <laughs> he would have a meeting, everybody else would show up, and he wasn't there. And the people, we realized, he's still in Ecuador. Yeah. <laughs> To him, the, the, the clock, you know, you don't set an alarm. You just watch the sun and go do it. You know, that's different. Yeah. I, uh, I, had, I had some clients in uh, Guadalajara. And the first time I went over there, I was working with a furniture company at the time. When the first time I went over there, we, we got into the airport like 9 o'clock or something like that in the morning. We called them a dozen times, and they still didn't show up until they were ready to show up. Uh, that was just unique for me. I you know, never understood that until that occurred. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, for example, like a pastor, I tried to put the, uh, the calendar with the brothers. And I thought, uh, well, in, in three months, we would have a uh, retreat. And nobody listened to that. Why? Because still, we have to wait three months. And then we'll think about it. This is wrong. This is, that's, sometimes it's, it's difficult. They can make the calendar go, uh, for example, I know go Georgia for next year. I don't know. We already have the schedule, the, the place, the, <laughs> everything. Yeah. But one year, but with, uh, with the Hispanic people, you can go three months ahead. Mm -hmm. it, uh, let me tell you, we, we made a calendar for three months, every three months. But you know what? 50% is true. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they, they don't say same. Right. That that's the situation with the time. They thinking, and, and many uh, I saw to the Hispanic people. They like made a decision. Maybe uh, one week, a week is, is enough to make a plan. For example, uh, last uh, yesterday, I received uh, we received the invitation for the. Uh, huh? A celebration. The, the the celebration is tomorrow. <laughs> and my wife already have planning to, but we have to change that. Like you have to be there, like a pastor. You have to be there. And they don't tell you before two days before. That's, sometimes it's difficult. Sure. 
Right. That one is they're, they're not working with the time. The women's conference that they just had, I think there were 42 signed up and like 350 showed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's money playing for food. Yeah. Yeah, that one is a situation where we don't make here before. We try, for example, the youth camp, we're trying to make the youth camp and make planning how many comparable. And we try to make the t-shirt, the food, everything, and then you don't know how many would be there until that they started the conference, the, the, or the camp. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, the time is, is hard. This is, it's not only uh, get laid on the building, it's, it's, it's hard to make Do you it. see the same issue with second generation um, Hispanics? The what? You see the same situation with second generation Hispanic? Uh, maybe they second, but not third. Okay. The second, yeah, the third, uh, the third generation almost is like the culture here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, on the worship service, we can start it. Uh, for example, ten. And you don't know what time we done. We get made an hour service. That's that's very hard. <laughs> almost the survey would be uh, one and a half, almost two hours. Um, I remember when the, the brother from the Americas, the, the the director. Oh, I don't want to stay there because you got lunch until 9 p.m. That's too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that one is normal for American, for Hispanic people. It's good. I like, yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, okay, uh, how about the leadership? That one is that's important. I mentioned before a little bit about the family, got the leadership, a leader. It's the same. Let me tell you, for example, Orchard, um, we got a brother from Guatemala. Um, they got uh, the same plane in Guatemala, but one of the men is the leader of the all others uh, men. They listen that person because he's the leader. But the other is not is not a family. This that one is the word we use, uh, is the old word we used before, the uh, caudillo. But uh, the uh, the caudillo is the long owner. And yeah? um, we, we can still see that uh, kind of leadership with the Hispanic. And if, if the church planter or the pastor, if we, the church, uh, got that people for Christ, at least three, four, five more you can go with because they listen to that person. That, that's, 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 I think it, that one is the point we need have to know to reach the Hispanic people. If you got the Calvillo, you got a lot of people. <laughs> you know, in Hermelindo, Hermelindo is called one of the brothers from Savannah. He is a Caudillo. The other uh, a man 
listen, why he's thinking, why he's talking about it. Uh, okay, but uh, they pay attention to him. That's that's the kind of situation that they will shoot himself in the Hispanic. It's not much, but uh, that one mostly happened with the people of the first generation. I don't, we don't see that one in the second generation. But the first generation, if you're working with the first generation, you can see that, that kind of leadership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see what time we got. 30. Okay, Mano Dennis. Oh, for me. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Thank you, Vidio. Thank yeah. you, Mano. You know, are you going to continue after me by 9.30? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, let me uh, let me explain something to you. I think this is this is uh, of great value here. Let me see if I can. Uh, I like to draw it, man. Okay. Okay. Let me see if I can American, American culture. Okay. And you have what we, we call the first generation over here, and there are certain characteristics about first generation. A person can be first generation, is not related to time. So you could be here one week, or you could be here 50 years. <clears throat> and you're still first generation. I can go to Niagara Falls <coughs> and just bring a drop of water if I don't turn the barrel. Okay. So, and that, that has to do with the simulation. How much a simulation do I make into the local culture? See? So it's not related to time. So we have ladies, we have people in our communities. Now, the American culture, we're not going to point fingers here tonight, but the American culture, based on the American dollar, is making it, is not making it possible for the first generation to move forward because they're accommodating the first generation to stay the same. I was doing a little study on, on Walmart and the billions of dollars of the buying power of the Hispanic people. These billions, not about millions, billions that they receive from the products that they sell. So what they do is they look at the, at the individual and say, okay, ah, they like mangoes. You're gonna get mangoes. Oh, they like tortillas. Instead of saying, no tortillas, you're gonna put bread. 
sunbeam. Right there. They said, no, they like tortillas. Wait a minute. They like flour tortillas and they like corn tortillas. Oh, they like, um, what is it called? We call it patastillo. Uh, what is it? Chahuita, they say in Mexico. What is the name of that? <laughs> you ever seen it? We buy them. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you get cilantro and you get all these other things. And every time you go, you, you, you see more. If you go out west, you go to Fiesta in Texas. Fiesta is like you're in Mexico, you know? And so what is happening? The same culture, because of the, of the, of the double, they're accommodating the first generation to stay put. Okay, so in my home we have like he says sixty-four channels in Spanish that we get through DirecTV, and I can watch the news from Honduras. What happened in Honduras today, right now? If I go home and turn on, it's on live from Honduras, from other countries, Ecuador, Venezuela. So you go home. You don't go to watch CNN, you go watch and watch CNN in español. <laughs> you see what's happening? And so I am not forcing the people to, to say, okay, now, no. People are staying in this first generation. They're staying in this first generation. But then you also incorporate these other issues. The first generation, their mindset still back home. You know, is the Israelites leaving Egypt and saying, we're thinking about Egypt. <laughs> See, so the first generation, they said their dream was to come to the United States to work. And this is, this is the other thing. They came to be a savior for the people back home. The people back home. And so they, they migrated and say, we are going to go work hard and we're going to improve ourselves back home. Instead of living in a, in a uh, hut, we're going to have a brick home. Instead of having a bicycle, we're going to have a car. And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to bring my whole family, move them, from status, from the social status. And there are villages. Now they have subdivisions because the people who are here, as a matter of fact, in Honduras and Mexico, the greatest import is all the money that the people send from here. That's the number one. In Honduras they call it las remesas. All the money that is being sent from over here that is going over there. So over here, people don't care how they live. I can live in a trailer that is about to fall apart, but I already have my brick home with blocks back in Honduras. I already have my car back in Honduras. I already changed the status of the family so I have fulfilled my dream. And their mindset is still back home. Now they have kids, 
and the kids are here, and the kids go to school, but the mindset has not changed. My mother has been here almost 50 years, and she's still talking about going to retire in Honduras. I said, Mom, you're already 75. You, you already passed 10 years of retirement. And she's still thinking about me voy para Honduras. See? Me voy para Honduras. Here. And so it's, it's, a big, it's a big difference. So if we're going to engage the people, we need to find out where they are. And we need, we need to minister to them in the first generation context. In the first generation, so, so what is that context looks like? If they're first generation, when we're gonna have a meal, don't make hot dogs. Make tacos, you know, all kind of tacos. <laughs> have the flags, the Mexican flags. Have a fiesta. Have a quinceañera, that's part of the first, you see? And so, and you know, one of the things that I, and I we, we differ with some folks when they talk about second generation. And this is why La Familia, as we mentioned, is very important. The culture is very important. So even though these kids are born here, they're born here, but la familia, okay? La familia and the culture. This is very strong. Extremely. So they can speak English. They may not they may not be able to read a Spanish Bible. But I want my tacos. And don't forget the cilantro, please. Don't forget the green sauce. You see, I'm communicating in English, but I'm functioning as a first generation. So it's really hard to minister to them because what are they, right? Yes. Are they American? Are they Latin? What are they? They're just mixed. Right. And what, what I call them, I call them the children of the immigrants. Children, instead of saying second, because I have three boys, two were born in Tiff County, and then the other one was born in Albany. And I finally learned how to say Albany, by the way. I think I did. Still, Albany. There you go. Come on. Yes. Depending upon which side of the town you live on. That's right. The other side of the town is different. Oh, really? It's ridiculous. Anyway, so, anyway so, so you see, my, my sons, they love football and all of that, but la familia, la cultura, la comida, you know, I mean, those things are so strong. And so, when we, since we're talking about engaging them and reaching them, we have to look at all of this. And the best analogy that I can think of is the Panama Canal. Think about the Panama Canal. When that, that vessel comes from one side to the other side, 
and these these gates, whatever you call them, or ports, whatever they, they open up, and what what do they do? They adjust the level so that this thing can continue. So my, I think that if we're going to be effective, and I'm talking about to the max, we need to have a combination of this and have the church look like this. This is a reality. But what is happening is most of our first Hispanic churches, and the key is the pastor that you bring in. If the pastor, because there's this, this fight or, or battle, or whatever you want to call it. We want to hold to, on to the culture. And this is going to be Spanish only church. You just cut the wings of what the community looks like. So what I'm saying is, this is, this is what I always say. The community, the community will dictate will dictate your strategy. The community will dictate your strategy. If this is if this is it right here, if this is a 1.5 or second generation, then have Sunday school in Espanol or Sotzil, like that one is over there because that's what the community looks like. So Find out what the language is out there. Find out the those those backgrounds of the people that are there, and develop your your plan, your strategy, your ministries that include everything, the whole the whole family, not to split the family, but to embrace the family as it is. So are your Hispanic churches in Georgia? So are your Hispanic pastors agreeable to? To, to do that? No, that some are. Some are. And some are not. Some are saying, even though you speak English, we are a Hispanic church. So you have to learn. You have to come and read the Bible in Espanol. You have to come and worship in Espanol. That's the first generation. Would you say half of the Hispanic churches are like that, or a quarter of them are like that? Maybe they're... How many? Uh, larger cities. And you can't, Georgia can't be put into a pot either because you've got some that are in the city, bigger cities. Let me tell you why I'm asking the question. Because I want us to strategic, strategically pray about that. Dennis and I pray together every week. I want us to start strategically praying about that for for those to, to encourage those pastors to change that need to change. Yes, you know, and the, it's 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 a friction. See, no, I, 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 I it's See, you okay. And then it's also it is also a friction between this family and these yeah. folks over here yeah. because they said because in our culture, listen, this is interesting. When I was doing the study on, on uh, Guatemala. The Guatemala people say, we prefer that you have high moral values as opposed that you have a PhD. You see, Dennis, what you're explaining is something that David and I see in these white churches that have been in the same community for a hundred years, 
and the demographic around them have changed, yeah. and now they're all black, for example, and the people in the church who have moved out of the moved out, of, they don't want to go after the people around them. Yeah. Right? So I mean, it's the same dynamic. It's the exact same dynamic. dynamic. It's the same yes. dynamic. Yes, yes. So so you got so what you're saying you're you're forcing, so what we're doing is we're losing our, our, our young people. Sure. We're losing them. Because we're forcing them to say, you have to be like we are. And so but mm-hmm. and as I mentioned before, if you're going to grow spiritually, you have it has to be in your heart language. I've been here 42 years, and I still have my devotional in Espanol. <laughs> I still have my Spanish Bible. You always say to me, Buenos dias, hermano Mark. You say, no, I get it. I, I understand that. 42 <laughs> years. I've been, here, I've been in this country 42 years, 43 years. But my heart language. Sure. Okay? Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo, porque cada su hijo en Egipto, para que todos en el creen, no se pena más tenga vida eterna. Juan 316. But I've been here, I've been with Spanish people for 27, 28 years, and I can, my, like, I'd rather read his Bible from his mom, that's because I like the translation, uh-huh. than my, this is my Bible from when I was 18. Yeah. So, but you can do the same. You can mix the two and yeah. still... I mean, I can, I mean, obviously, I mean, I learn, I, I read and all of that, but for my spiritual growth, it's Espanol. Because that's my heart language. I can speak English, Yeah. but when I, I pray, I try to pray in Spanish. Yeah. Because I feel that one is, it's not important for me, it's English or Spanish. Yeah. And I, I think Dr. Dr. Moon at, at Southwestern was right when he said this. He said that there is a 1.5 here. Mm-hmm. And there's a 1.5 Spanish preference, and he's Korean, so there's a Korean preference, you know, 1.5. In other words, you speak both languages, but you prefer one or the other. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about, right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, so you have all of these things that is happening. And this is the, the other thing. Sometimes our thought process is so far, far back out there. In Warner Robins, for instance, there is a trailer park called Red Fox. And uh, and so most of the pastors in, in the churches, they say, oh, all the Mexicans, you have a lot of Mexicans over there, Red Fox. So I go over there and I start talking, I said, I say, son, where are you, where are you from? New Jersey. <laughs> I'm from New Yeah, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> and so as you all I was born in Tifton. Tifton, so my son was born in Tifton. And their language is English. Better than mine. These kids are in high school. You see what I'm saying? But the people in in some of our churches think los mexicanos be united. And I said, brother, I got news for you, I said. So those kids, they're Yankees. <laughs> the Yankee Mexicanos. They're from New Jersey. They're from Denver. They're from... As a matter of fact, you can reach them. Mm-hmm. See? And there is, there, is, there is this, like I said, there is this friction sometimes if it's a Hispanic church that... They, they're trying to preserve 
You see, and I was talking to uh, uh, Reverend Saw about Korea, it's the same thing. The Koreans have a Korean council, and the Korean council is, is Korea in Georgia. See? <laughs> it's very interesting. And so, so trying to preserve yeah. yeah, and so the, I think the best approach is let the community think take your strategy. Look at your community, analyze it, study it, and see what really where the people are from, what language that they speak at home, and it may be both languages. So guess what you're going to do? You're going to have Sunday school for young people see. in English, and maybe somebody from the Anglo Church or for another church in the association can come and help us. And see, now we got more volunteers. And we'll be ready for the, for everybody, for la de toda la familia. And so, if, I, if I'm going to help continue to work with uh, Neftali, and he's got children, I'm going to need to bring Anglo's in to help. Yes. And he said that before, but he went over my head. Yes. We when I was in Vandalia, I was a good partner. I was a son of good partner. We started a church. I was a little bit, I was a Hispanic, and then we had Melanie was American, and we had Lori American. And God used that for the for his glory. Why? Because we were able to tailor and to accept the entire Hispanic community as it was. The children they were taught in English. The youth were taught in English, and we had a Sunday school for the adults in Spanish. In four months, in four months, and I'm going to use a side joy to go here, you would run. <laughs> 150 people. Wow. We were baptizing every week, almost. That's the very wrong. We said, what? What you, what's going on over there? We can't be, you know, we have to talk to the uh, baptismal committee to fill the water. <laughs> and you're saying you got more people back the next week. We got to talk and put in a calendar. No, we did that. you know? And so, boom. And, and so, and without us knowing it, we were hitting the nail on the head. Because it's, we have something for all of you. All of you. We love all of you. You don't have to come over here and try to speak or read or for broken English. You know, we have one, and Brother Vito knows what I'm talking about, we have one Hispanic mission that is, full, is, is empty. And they are full of young people and children. But they all speak English. But the pastor, it continues. They're more interested in preserving the language and the culture, the language, than to say, you know what? I mean, this this church could have a thousand people. I would say. Is, is that, that that really this pastor's attitude? Preservation. It's preservation. In in some cases. Honestly, or is, or is he just scared to do something different? Me tear up because I think, you know, where are the American churches and where is the interest? Because that whole group in the middle, I mean, those are the ones that are going to marry their grandkids. 
I'll, I'll be honest. Culture. No, I, I, I hear you, Lacey. We don't train them. You know, if we don't train them, we don't teach them about the Lord, then they're lost. I'll be honest with you. I've never considered the Hispanic church with this concept. I, I've never thought about the fact that while you're there and you're speaking to the first generation or 1.5, you need to be doing something in English. Mm-hmm. I had never considered that. And so there are people, there are people, even when, when Valdasta, when, when, when they served in Valdasta, yeah. we, had, we had a group of ladies from First Baptist Church. And that was the success of that work. It was those group of American ladies who would come mm-hmm. and serve inside of that church. That gives me some things to go home and work with. See, you can, listen, we can mobilize our churches. We can do missions. We need to be missional right at home. And because our churches are saying, I don't, I don't speak the language. And the Lord is saying, you don't have to speak yeah. the language. No, I hear that now. <laughs> I hear that now. And Lacey, I, I think you're right. Where are we at? Well, in all honesty, I'd never even consider it. And I'm half Mexican. I, I, I can. I live in downtown Atlanta. I live right in the heart of Midtown. I see some opportunities here for me to do ministry, where I've never really wanted to take my time doing ministry in downtown Atlanta. I don't mind doing ministry all over the all over the United States, so, but I can do ministry in downtown Atlanta. So, if we have a family of five, this is what this, this is the future, and this is what was already happening. We are only ministering to this part right here. That's right. I can minister to the other three. Right there. See? Now, they're all coming. But these three are bitter. And as soon as they leave, whether it be to the Army or the Navy or to college or to go put roof, they are gone. Yeah, you're not getting them back. You're not getting them back. You know why? My three brothers have not been back yet. Because I grew up in this kind of setting. You see my brothers now in tattoos, liquor broker, living the American dream. And you never think that these kids were in BBS in a Baptist church. So as soon as they have an opportunity, if they do not have a loving experience, this is this is what's ahead of us. And it's already happening. See, it's already happening. So these three here, Yes. Do you see the same application to Anglo churches? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we are seeing the same thing with our own children. We're just we're we're doing church church Christianese, and our young people going, Dad, we don't we don't really we don't get it that way. We'd like to if we do church at all, we'd like to restructure it. And if you're not if you're not going to help us restructure it, we're out. And you have the pastors that want to preserve. Doing Southern Baptistism the way we've always done. Yeah. See, this resource here, you can use it to, to disciple. Is that you? You ran about? Yes. This one? Right here. 
And it's very cultured. It's, it's got ingredients. Pastor Ovidio helped me. Pastor Samuel Rodriguez uh, from Serrana. Uh, so the Reyes. And you know the first quarter is coming from the Manhattan Church. I, I, was, I was asking you his opinion. He said, I want to know. He said, you don't understand. Sandy Valley and Bonarotti said, no, you don't understand. We need this in our church, in our church. So the first quarter of this book is not for Hispanic, even though we, that's what it's in the for. For Catholic, Hispanic, new believers. And so we put baptism in the back. It's got a lot of pictures because this represents the level of education of our people. It's not for children, but yet you can use it to teach your young people in this afternoon. And this is really about walking with Christ. It's about teaching them how to spend time in the Lord in Acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. It's about having the daily devotional time with the Lord. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. Actually, that reminds me. Let's see the video. Are you guys familiar with the movie War Room? Has it been? It's translated into Spanish. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite well, yeah. One of the things that I do is a prayer boot camp Good. from the movie War Room. And, and the, paper, the, the, the stuff that we have that designed by Claude King is translated into Espanol. And so, and so it's a, a four or five hour thing that I do in your church on Saturday. <clears throat> Although I also do it like coming up for Wednesday nights or whenever you meet. And uh, so there, there's lots of ways to, to use me in that regard. Yeah. Hermanos, can we pray? Sí. Por favor, hermana Daisy, can you lead us? Lord Jesus, we're just humbled because we know that the work is great mm-hmm. and it's too big for us. And we thank you because you have ways to see it um, and you see the need. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and direct us toward that need that you would call us um, from so help us to cross that barrier because that's what you did. You came to see us and God prosperous. Lord, I pray that um, you would put it on the hearts of Georgia Baptist, on the hearts of churches to be involved and not turn a, a blind eye, turn away, and um, not see us or their fear. Um, and we pray that you would help us to minister to pray especially for the second generation that struggles as it is with their own identity. Pray um, for this um, new material that it would be a blessing to those who um, are able to use it. And, um, God, that you would bless the, those that are um, here that want to reach out and just aren't sure how you bless them with wisdom and direction. Mm-hmm. Thank you for my goodness. If you don't mind, Lacey, what we do, how can I pray for you too? How can I pray for you too? Um, 
while we're in the zone of transition with ministry. And it's one of my, um, we have three boys in college um, that are working towards ministry too. Ask the Lord to lead them because He feels called in ministry. I feel like another maybe kind of battle with, with that. Um, and uh, for strength, my my mom has all, for me. For, my mom has Alzheimer's, and I full time teach and help with her that afternoon. So sometimes I'm getting pulled. Oh, okay. You said. Father, I uh, lift up this couple to you. Lord, my uh, heart just goes out to them. And so, Father, I think of those three boys. I thank you for what you are doing uh, in and through them, especially as they watch their mom and dad in the life that they live. Lord, I lift up Lacey to you. I just see the, the heart that she has for the Hispanic people and um, having to take care of her mom, working full-time. Ovidio wanting to do ministry the way in which you lead him to do it. So, Father, I pray for them, thinking of Romans 15, 13. Because you are the God of hope, I trust you to already be in the process of filling Lacey and filling Ovidio with great joy and great peace simply because they're believers. And Father, as you do that, let them both recognize that the hope that they overflow with comes from the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of them. And Father, this is your word. It's Romans 15, 13. Therefore, it is your will. So I don't pray that you can do it. I don't pray that you will do it. I trust you're already in the process of doing this in their lives. Yes. Your son's name I pray.